In a previous episode, we discussed taking this conceptual philosophy and creating a practice to affect change on a daily basis. So it is only logical that we now dive a bit deeper into emptying out the pool of emotional baggage utilizing present situations. The combination of these two conversations serves as an insightful introduction to practicing this frequency-based philosophy. Where the friction is hot, the water is warm, and we are now headed to the deep end. Let's journey. With Aaron and Alexander. Uncovering our authentic self through self awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. So, by popular demand, today we are going to be talking about how to empty past emotional baggage utilizing present situations. So, we held a poll in our Facebook group. And this was one of the most requested episodes and also something that was on Alexander's mind a few weeks ago. And we briefly discussed it. But uh, whenever we have these conversations, I always tell him, no, 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 hold on. Uh, Don't give me all the information because uh, it's easier for me to uh, get excited and passionate about the information when I don't know it all. So it's a little more honest. But Mm -hmm. um, so I always like to not know all the all the information up front before we do these podcasts so that uh, the, the really good questions come out. So we've covered many ways to limit the amount of emotional baggage that we are currently taking on. Once one has started listening to this philosophy and kind of bought into it and are curious, uh, but we've never really discussed in full how to go back and uh, start unloading all that emotional baggage from our childhood and maybe even from past lives or our elders mm-hmm. before us. Yes. So, uh, you know, it's important to to understand from the beginning as we get into this subject that this type of healing takes a long time. It takes years. And this doesn't, shouldn't deter anyone from wanting to step into uh, Um, approaching life in this manner because we only have the time that we have anyway. The point is, is that things are changing if you are working on it. So like the Buddha had a saying that life is suffering and many people, especially in the Western world, misinterpreted that or took that as something negative. And the way that I worked with that and received it was that you're going to have suffering in life. Those that look to grow and change, their suffering will be different. But those that don't grow and change, their suffering is just the same suffering over and over. And I've been through a lot of um, physical and energetic and emotional uh, distress through my life. And I know that different pain is easier to manage than the same old pain. So, So that's the incentive to look at to take every obstacle that comes in life as an opportunity to release 
some stuff from the past and not just see it as a situation in the present moment to overcome, to beat, to win. Um, it's more like a messenger first and then an opportunity to release. So, you know, with that said, it's, uh, if you happen to go through something that, you know, makes you angry, uh, for example, and say you have an altercation with a sibling that doesn't go well and you get really angry because you feel like they won't uh, listen to what you're trying to say. They won't respect your point of view. Then we can either stay frustrated and angry at that situation, maybe even go talk to our mate or our friends about it, uh, spread the negativity, uh, I call it. You're just um, stirring the pot. But people do this because they think that it's relieving to talk about it. The problem is, is they're not releasing any of it. Um, they're still storing all of the effects of it and really just stirring it up as they talk about it. So, but if that person in that situation, when their sibling came and challenged them and created this frustration or this anger in them, if at any moment they could pause and go, oh, this is um, the way that it's always been with this person. And it's just an opportunity for me to accept them for who they are and to realize that they are very consistent in who they are. This is what really gives us the ability to trust. And, of course, um, those that's listened to other episodes or know me personally know that the trust is a whole episode within itself. But consistency of one's actions, even if it's not something that we enjoy, becomes something that we can at least trust. Uh, so, so seeing that in that reflection view takes the steam out of the present moment. And by accepting that person for who they are and loving them for that consistency, getting to a place of not needing them to be any different or needing them to change or really getting to the point of looking at your own issue, which is the need to be heard. So now as we go down this little line, starting with acceptance, first of the situation, realizing it's connected to something from the past, then accepting, once again, the person that you are dealing with and finding a way to love them for who they are, for that consistency, or whatever gives you comfort with that. And then finally getting to the point to see that all of these emotional reactions is always an issue for us to work on in ourselves. So taking it down and dissecting it in that way, it takes the steam off the present situation. And then through reflection and contemplation, you can see that, oh, I'm still hanging on to this need to be heard by my sibling because I'm the youngest, or because I'm the girl, or because of whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is that typically, when one releases that need to be heard by the sibling, is when that sibling will be willing to listen to them. So, going through that process, getting to that point of self-realization, seeing your role in it and what you need to release to release them from their role is a part of this 
emotional release. Because once you understand that process, now every situation that brings up frustration or anger in you is an opportunity to go back to that time when you feel the most um, rejected, the most uh, maybe talked down to or looked down upon, and make your peace with that they were just playing roles. Once again, the great saying of they know not what they do. Forgive them, Father. So as we're going up, we hold on to so many so-called traumas or so many uh, things that happened to us or that was done to us. And we allow that to continue to control us moving forward in life. And so this is one way to first do accepting that we can't trust our memories because our memories are designed around our emotional reactions. So see, just starting there, you're, you're willing to allow the past to be different than it was. Now, this sounds easy in concept, but when people are stuck to their stories, they don't want to see it from a different perspective lots of times because they want that person to pay. They want, they want not necessarily revenge, but recognition, apologies. All of this stuff is what keeps that energy pushing that away. Does that make sense? It's almost like they want justice or in, instant karma. Yes, instant karma. Yeah, that was that's a great, great term. And that's not the way that things work. But it has been proven in my world uh, thousands of times that once you stop, you recognize where your work is in the situation and you release that, which was in the example we were giving, the need to be heard, the need to be respected, to be recognized. See, when that is such a deep need and a a negative void, it doesn't matter how much recognition that person gets. It's never going to be fulfilling. Because normally, everyone is stuck from a trauma from specific people. And this could be someone that has passed, like a father that's passed and no longer living. See, that person's never going to get their father to hear them. So no matter how many people hear them moving forward, it will never quench that. So they're going to have an emotional reaction consistently until they release the anger of not being heard by their father. And that is through the steps of using the present situation to go back to, oh, this is connected to a void I had with my father. Now let me accept that I am remembering all of that incorrectly. Because lots of times when people become parents and they have children of their own, then they understand their parents a whole lot better just because they've gone through similar situations. So even if we don't have kids and go through that own experience, we can still start off with not trusting our memory being willing to see it from a different perspective and then being willing to accept the way that our parents were raised, the childhood that they had and the training, if you will, that they brought into that situation. So this is all to work toward forgiveness, uh, to get away from this need to be apologized to, to be um, all this reconciliation Because that still means really nothing. When someone says, I'm sorry, (laughs) that really still means nothing. But changing one's actions does mean something. It can mean a lot. 
So this is how to use in the the emptying is that you want to use present day situations to remind you there's still some forgiveness that I need to do here. There's still some love that I need to give, some appreciation that I need to find. And I'll hear people talk about their parents or people from their past. And one session, they will just talk about how um, negatively they were affected by what they did or what they didn't do. But then as soon as anyone else in their family says something negative about them in another session, they will take up for them. They will talk about how great they were in certain aspects and how important they were at helping them to develop certain certain um, aspects of their life. And this is the pendulum that we swing between. So being able to see that, you know, our emotional state of where we're at lots of times determines uh, which view we're picking and choosing to to vibrate with, if you will, or to talk about. And I'm just suggesting to pay attention to that and direct that in a way like we we're, we will revisit the three R's here, to recognize, respect, and redirect. And that's all I'm saying in these emotional altercations, to recognize them for what they are, to respect them, and then to redirect the energy from being ex- external to internal. So just going back to your example with uh, the sibling, is there value in voicing your process to that person so if you, for example, admit that it's your responsibility that you shouldn't be getting upset at this person and kind of maybe voice what you would do. And because I know we've kind of talked about this situation where if you wanted the other person to change, I mean, not, not that you need them to change, but, but uh, like with uh, closing the cabinets, that kind of story, mm-hmm. uh, you would... Uh, point out something in the same realm that that you're at fault of doing, and maybe it would cause them to look at th- themselves. So, so yeah, in this, that, in this situation, is, it kind of like would help both parts, right? Yes, but that is that is a very delicate art, and once again, it is right timing, right person, right duration, um, you know, and right subject. Uh, because if that person is in any kind of emotional state, they can have a reaction to that, but. The majority of the time, it's better to wait till another point in time to come back around and then own it and say, you know, I don't I don't say or necessarily suggest that you have to start off with an apology. That's per person and how they want to start it out. But just being willing and able to recognize, hey, I see where I failed in this communication breakdown. And I just want to let you know that I see it. Uh, I see what it's connected to possibly in the past and this is what I'm doing to uh, correct that so thank you for playing the role that you did but understand that I'm not mad at you and um, and that I'm really grateful uh, for you bringing that to my attention it really had very little to do with you uh, to me that relieves a person from guilt it relieves them from um, you know feeling like they did something wrong and that's normally what people are fighting is who's in the wrong here and we need to get past that and understand it's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's just that, oh, we're playing a role for each other right here, right now, so that we can help each other to heal. And my hope is for people to be able to start to see that more and more clearly, uh, to be able to release the person from the role 
to stop taking it so personal and then blaming them. Because even if you get away from that person, you're still going to attract somebody else down the road in to play that role. Yeah, sometimes when I'm playing uh, the game of where am I failing in this situation, it's sometimes easy to fall into the trap of, well, that's theirs. And and like, okay, this is mine, but that's theirs. And then kind of... Uh, kind of ignoring a part of what of right. the situation. Yeah, and, you know, anytime we get into that recognition, and I hear people, especially in the spiritual community, uh, talk about that. You know, if somebody comes dumping their stuff, it's never you, it's always them. And even though there's some truth to that, there's a lot lost because if you choose to not pass blame but to make the most of the opportunity. There is always something to learn in every situation. So even if it was them that maybe brought their negativity to you, still how you reacted in that moment is like a, a gold mine for you to work on. So, so very few people are going to have something like negatively brought at them and not have, an, not have a reaction of some type, even if it's a subtle one. So... There's always work there to be done, and rather than going, oh, uh, this isn't me, this is their shit they need to deal with, it's really better to go, well, no, whoa, why did I have that, that gut reaction to, to retaliate or, or to run, uh, whichever one it is. You know, normally it's one of the two. Either you want to retaliate and, and hit with force or you want to tuck your tail and run, and either one needs to be looked at. Of no, why, why am I not able to just be neutral in that situation? Because I had nothing to do with it, and that's what we want to get back to, to. Because in order to truly be in love, we have to feel safe and secure and not threatened in any way. And we're going to discuss that—the uh, frequency of love and where it really resides in the root chakra, uh, as opposed to potentially in the heart chakra. You know, that's a great uh, point that you brought up. But just with that mental concept and the way of choosing to look at that of, no, that's not my stuff. That's theirs. Um, there's always something for each individual to see their role, their reaction um, to go back and say, OK, yeah, what did that make me feel? Oh, yeah, that 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 startled me like my brother or my sister or my best friend used to or my father you know, and and then going into that once again, same steps of, okay, I'm not remembering this clearly. Obviously, this is still affecting me. Obviously, it's more than seven years ago, because once again, we'll touch in with the, you know, anything that happens to you over seven years ago, there's not 1% of you that is still um, alive, that was alive during that period, because every cell in the body completely regenerates every seven years. So really, you know, consider that in this forgiveness path, because even, you know, the fact can be that someone did something wrong to you, but it does absolutely no good to hold on to still the, the anger, the frustration, the, the negative energy of it, especially after seven years. Um, it's just like being upset at watching a movie and acting as it's real. And I know that this is, can be a challenging topic for those that have been through trauma to accept um, but I've been through those traumas myself and this is part of what really helped me to break through when I didn't want to hold people to those roles anymore to release them from the roles 
and say, okay, I see the role that you played, but I no longer need to hold any disdain toward you. Uh, it's just the lesson. Let me get the lesson and move on from it. So is there anything else that, that you can add to the process that you just explained, which was uh, using a present situation to drill down to uh, eventually finding what was the root cause of this this uh, emotional trauma, which which uh, we also talked about in the last podcast, the uh, I think it was the six emotions that everything could be drilled down to. Right, and how you know how to uh, use external ways to work on that as well, such as anger being worked out through physical exercise. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and so so you know, I'll recap and let me know if there seems to be anything missing, but. Any present situation that brings on an emotional reaction, um, you know, is connected to a past event or many past events. Um, normally, the closer, the the further back that you can go to get to the first original event, that's where the best work's going to be done. Some people can wind up there right away. Uh, some people, it takes them many times to get there because uh, there are actually protection mechanisms that are are put in place when people go through certain traumas to limit their even amount of memory so but slowly when you work on that and you keep going to it uh, normally it the the mind is willing to open up to it uh, gradually but yeah so you want to uh, accept on a logical level that the the past memories can't be trusted um, due to you were in an emotional reaction therefore you were not seeing it clearly um, so that brings in the ability to be able to see it from a wider perspective, um, taking your age into account, uh, also taking the, the other people that were playing the other roles, such as the parents, um, they're raising, uh, what they were taught into account and understand that most parents are doing the best that they know how, uh, doesn't mean that they couldn't do better. But most all parents are doing the best that they know how. That doesn't excuse some actions, but it does assist with forgiving. And um, in realizing that, you know, if this happened over a long period of time or many years, that, you know, it may take years of doing this type of work to truly release that uh, to a level to where you see a, an obvious difference. But this is why I suggest to people to, you know, give yourself a year when you start to do this type of work before you really look for any kind of change. And and people can think that that's a long period of time, but a year passes by really quickly. And if you just put your head down and work on it every time a situation comes up, you'll be amazed about how less reactive you are uh, in just a year's time. So, uh, so, you know, that's part of you know, the processing and how to um, access those different levels uh, using forgiveness. Uh, and, and by forgiveness, there's many different ways to approach that. Some people do it in a prayer type of way. Um, it could be even be some kind of like little ritual. Some people write down things and burn them um, to, you know, to end things. So I can get into different like specific techniques, but that's what I'd rather leave open for our Facebook group or our 
um, uh, live forums uh, that we'll be having here very soon because this needs to be ongoing conversations and that's what we're we're working towards to develop the one other you know one of the other type of releases that I wanted to discuss is you know releasing through um, like watching a movie or listening to music or or possibly creating something of your own like painting or playing music yourself you know, these are all great ways to work with emotional release. But understand there are two different types of emotional release. And one is victim. Uh, and that's where the whys come in. Why is this happening to me? Why is my life like this? And then the other one is releasing crying to where there are no whys. You're in a state of appreciation, even for the hardship, because you understand that it's a lesson. It's a uh, it's moving you towards something. Um, and then I like to say, you know, repeat that song. Uh, keep painting that painting. Uh, keep playing that that uh, particular music that might have started uh, moving those emotions and, and move through it and allow it to uh, release as long as it will. And normally you know when, when you kind of are, are done. And there's a very refreshing feeling after crying a release cry and there's never really there's normally a draining type of feeling when you cry the victim cry um is that a decent description you feel like between those two types of releases and you got anything to add to that yeah no that that's that's a good description now with with the process of emptying past emotional baggage by tapping into the root of it all and then working on it from there I think you like to also say that um, that a physical type of release should also accompany that. And, of course, you have the sound journeys, which is using frequencies to, to project onto the body to help um, with the, uh, what would you call it, dissonance? Yeah, the and on really the physical body, but the energetic and emotional bodies as well, even the astral, all the different levels um, kind of simultaneously. So yeah, so in that last episode um, that we we did discuss those different emotions and uh, the what externally can be done with that, and that would you know in the example that I was doing with anger and frustration, then it would be good after you went through that uh, mental uh, and energetic and emotional processing that I was talking about then to maybe go out for a jog or go for a run and really get your uh, physical body, you know, amped up too, because that's how you burn off of that, burn off that anger, frustration, energy. So working on all these different levels simultaneously, the physical level, the energetic level, the mental level, the astral level, and the emotional level. So as Aaron was just saying, the um, you know to bring the physical part in to go for a run, run or workout after that type of processing, uh, this is the ultimate way of this to move toward uh, this level of well-being that we are um, bringing out in many different steps, ways, and forms. And uh, to uh, nip any confusion, because I know both this both what we're talking about here now and the last podcast, they kind of overlap a little bit. And I want to just make the point that last 
podcast, we talked about burning off the emotional or the emotions that you're currently taking on. And it's important to go back and empty the past because the past will just keep generating situations that are going to keep creating these emo- this fresh emotion. And then it'll just keep building up, building up. So it's important to to burn off the top layer and then start working on the bottom layers while trying not to also take on the top layers. So yes. it sounds pretty easy, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Real easy. But no, it's, it does help like to be proactive. And that's why um, we've been taught as a culture to kind of suck it up and uh, keep moving through and persevere and, and don't get into the emotional stuff. And, um, you know, what I'm suggesting is, you know, take care of it as it comes and as it goes. And that's what children actually teach us. Uh, they process and work through it really quickly, which is, you know, basically as simple as um, I don't want to be mad at her anymore because I want to play with her and having fun is, is better than being mad. And that's really about the extent of how children process stuff. And we have that ability to realize that, oh, we were in an altercation, but you're somebody that I love and I love you more than I want to be in an altercation with you. So I'm going to see that this isn't really an altercation with you. This is an altercation with my father. And you're reminding me of that. So let me turn that energy off of you, the person in the present moment that I love, that I want to be making love with, that I want to be experiencing this world as beautiful as it's able to experience, because I accept that you are going to show me my shit. And these are the wedding vows that I wish people would would start using is I choose you to show me all of my shit because that's what relationships do. Journeys unite seeking transformation. Just. You know, this this is important to see that we choose these these people to be in our lives, even their friends, people that we keep close to us, but they're the ones, the more that time we spend with somebody, the more likely that they're going to flip one of our switches, that they're going to bring up one of these issues that we need to work on. And I'm just pleading to people to just do the work as it comes and stop projecting that it's the person external. Uh, Look to be more childlike and get back to that having fun and juicing rather than choosing to be mad at them. Realize that they are just the messengers, that everybody in the present moment is just messengers. And if you look at them like that, it helps with the forgiveness. It helps with moving past uh, and being stuck in just the present situation and perpetuating that and just really compounding and putting more pressure on the past and the failures that happened in the past. So quickly, you mentioned the the five uh, so-called realms or layers that that we need to work on our past emotional baggage. Can you just give an example on how we would work on each one of them? So we have the physical, the mental, the energetic, the astral, and the emotional. Okay, so once again, we'll just, uh, since it seems like the the theme of this podcast emotion is, um, you know, anger or frustration, we'll just kind of... Uh, stay with that. So we went over with the like the physical would be to working out or running some type of actual physical exercise with the mental side of it. The mental side is to is the discipline, the where you learn like people that uh, excel at sports, learn to channel their anger at themselves into incentive to get better. And the 
people that go into sports that don't really excel, sometimes it's that they don't have competitive uh, nature. But lots of times it's it's in that discipline that people aren't able to get over the embarrassment of messing up and feel like they can do better. So that's where mental toughness is is useful, that you, you never get down on yourself and you just understand the basic law of one of the basic laws of this plane is anything that we practice, we get better at. We're habitual creatures, which is one of our most negative traits, but it's also one of our most useful traits. So the fact is, no matter how someone is at any um, object or subject, if they practice it, they will get better. So that helps with that mental state right away. Is no, you stay out of the would'ves, could'ves, or should'ves. From this point on, I'm not going to let that person get under my skin. I'm going to use them as incentive to get better. You know, and in basketball, there's a lot of trash talk that goes on. And I know basketball players or people that play a lot of basketball that can handle it so smoothly on the court and not let what anyone says bother them at all, but then get in a social situation and get called a name and get so infuriated and just out of control, uh, even get into major arguments and possibly even fights when it's the same as on the basketball court. So once again, it's a, it's a projection of that being able to use that, that discipline to not let your barometer keep going up to the red to catch it earlier. And then the next one was what? Energetic. Energetic. Handling it energetic just means that like you're going to, you're going to feel heat. Anytime there's anger involved, there's heat. So understanding that your tendency when you get that activated, that anger activated, is to run hot. So even energetically to to accept that you need to be much more processing your energy like on your left side, on that feminine side, because anger wants to be given. Uh, so there wants to be a force given. If you focus on receptivity, if you focus on being receptive, it's called humility, you know, just being humble and being willing to be find something to be thankful for, to shift your vibration energetically to where you're not wanting to feed aggression. You're wanting to feed humility, humility or compassion. And once again, see, all of these steps are something that's going to be challenging. That's why one of the pillars is if it's hard for you to do, it's probably good for you. So in the astral, it's um, the astral is, is one of the more difficult to to explain verbally because that falls into someone's religious beliefs or their spiritual beliefs. So whatever you pull on, you know, I happen to pull on many different teachers uh, from Jesus, Gandhi, Yogananda. Uh, there's, there's really too many to list. One that I pull on in the present day is the Dalai Lama. Um, I feel like he is just a, one of the best representations of the energy that I discuss a lot on this podcast, and I don't happen to be a follower of the Dalai Lama. I just really respect his teachings and everything that he's about and represents and falls in alignment with all of my work. So that astral part is really the the spiritual uh, sense of that. And, you know, with me, I have a few uh, phrases or words that I just use constantly every day, sometimes kind of like a mantra. And one of them is that forgive them for they know not what they do. 
And that helps me to not condescend on anybody or look down on anybody, but to truly carry compassion because, you know, if people haven't been shown something, if they haven't been given an example, then they can't be expected to know it. And if they don't know it, then there's a high likelihood they're going to resist it. Normally, people understand that if you're coming across uh, frustration or anger, it's coming from a place of ignorance. And if you approach it with compassion rather than anger, you'll get a lot further. So how one approaches that astral or spiritual, you know, is up to them individual. And then uh, the final one is the the emotional. And the emotional is part of that processing, making the connections that whatever's happening in this situation is connected to these things in the past. And normally there will be multiple people that have played um, longer stints of that role. But getting back to the point to understand that it's really not any of the role players. It's really a situation where they were all showing up to really be teachers and help us to learn to do what's hard and change the way we were approaching something. Truly the way to heal and mend, you know, anger is through compassion. And once again, this is the plane of polarity. So almost always the answer when I, when I have people ask me, well, Alexander, sometimes I don't know whether to do this or whether to do that. You know, I simply say, well, do the one that's more challenging, difficult. It's the one that's going to give you the most rewards. So I think that that's useful. We can't always, depending on where we're at in our life, whether we have children or the stresses of our jobs, there's different levels of this work to be done. And everyone shouldn't be expected to be doing the same level. To me, it happened to be the most important work that I felt like anyone could do or be doing. But after studying my design, my human design and my cards and uh, understanding more and more about the planets and frequencies, come to an understanding that no there's all types that are necessary and we are all very similar but very different at the same time and all of the variables is what makes everything interesting so so no everybody's not here to do it to the level that i did it and um (laughs) that was some of my healing was frustration was one of my biggest um, obstacles in this lifetime and so everything that i'm talking about today is what i have literally done step by step to work on frustration and the expectations that I used to have on people and the constant disappointment that I experienced through the majority of my life just because of the way I was perceiving things. So hopefully these steps uh, will begin to help more and more people transition and I look forward to like I said, future discussions, and we might can get into, you know, each individual um, emotion and how to go through them at all these different levels kind of simultaneously. So when when someone is working on uh, emptying their past emotional baggage, there can be some type of uh, unpleasant feelings or physical uh, pain or, or things like that that come up. I know that in the past... Uh, when I've done energy work or a long workout, sometimes I'll just, some uh, emotions will come up and obviously nothing happened, you know, within the last day or two that these brought up and I'm not even sure where, what they were associated with, but mm-hmm. they come up and, and uh, it's always obviously important to understand that that it's uh, it's almost like a type of release and it's not 
necessarily yours or you're not uh, experience, experiencing that in the, the situation. This is a, a very interesting subject of how the physical body, you know, is connected to the in- emotional body and, and both how restriction of release can create a deterioration of the body, but also the healing aspect as you're going through the different stages can create a lot of pain and discomfort as well. And that's what can keep some people from doing this level of work. But it is similar to doing a detox, and anyone that's ever done a type of liver detox or anything like that knows what it feels like when you get on the edge of feeling sick to your stomach, but you know that it's it's doing um, what it was intended to do. Um, we don't always have to push it to that level to feel that level of nausea to know that it's working, but um, sometimes it happens. So once again, we're going to stick with the theme of anger. Pretty easy to see that when someone gets angry, their physical appearance changes. They get red. Uh, their face turns red. So this is an important uh, point to understand that our emotions have an immediate reaction to our physical body, and it has a compounding reaction to our physical body. So seeing that immediate reaction shows that it is affecting the body and that if that isn't properly processed, which is the typical case, then it does compound and and slowly deteriorate over time. Now, I've watched sports for um, off and on for many years, and sometimes like in the sport of football, there will be someone that gets majorly injured from a hit that just seems very routine, something that that player has probably been hit that way over literally thousands of times. But it could be career-ending. It can you know, really uh, require major surgery and that type of thing. And I started looking at this from a different perspective and wanted to share it today that the emotional component to that, that if a player, say hypothetically a running back, uh, has an argument with, say, their father before the game, and father stuff is held on the right side of the body, and say it was a argument about the player really letting the father know how uh, he wasn't present for him, and uh, say hypothetically the the father's coming around wanting money or something like that, then this is going to show up in the structure of the right side of the body, which is the legs, the knees, the hips. So so in that emotional release, say the night before the game, of course it would more than likely be heated and lots of emotion and possibly crying happening. That player's really letting them father know what they think about him. Well, that connects to that area of the body. And let's say that the father hypothetically left when the kid was seven, seven years old. Well, between seven and nine is related to the knees. So then that player that next Sunday morning goes out, has a football game. Nobody knows anything is going on. He doesn't talk about it because most men don't talk about stuff like that. And then he goes out in the game and in the middle of the game, he gets hit in the legs and completely blows out his ACL or something like that. It can seem very sporadic, it can seem very accidental, so to say, or it can seem very logical uh, when you start connecting that that area of his body was weakened because of the emotional release that he was going through that had been compounded for so long. So it brought it up to the surface ready to be released and healed, and then it was attacked physically. 
So it was in a weakened state, and then it was attacked physically, and so it couldn't withstand that that blow, so to say. So whether it's someone reaching for a cabinet and throwing their shoulder out of socket, it could be connected to something that they have been suppressing, or hypothetically say that, yes, someone has recognized something that they want to be working on, they're working on this certain area of their life, and then they trip and uh, maybe sprain a part of their body. And they can say, well, I'm working on this. Why is this happening? Well, it's the same as working out. You're going to get sore when you start working out. So sometimes the actual, that physical sprain can be part of helping you to stay focused on that subject, to, to continue to work on it, because pain is our best teacher. My wonderful teacher, Sam, once again, uh, told me uh, to never run from pain. Those that run from pain are running from their teacher, and it always has to come back screaming louder. So this connection between the physical body and the emotions, both as we're healing and working through stuff, and to recognize that uh, when we've been compounding issues through many, many years of our lives, that it can weaken that certain area of the body, and then we can have some type of breakage or sprain or accident that that deteriorates that area of the body. Yeah, a real-world example of exactly what you were talking about uh, happened with the Giants last year, and I remember uh, telling you about it when I heard about it. Within like a two-week span at the beginning, it was like within like week three or four of the season, they had three or four of their wide receivers all hurt their the same side of their leg. I think it was like uh-huh. ACL or something like that. And... You know, and and there, I guess there was questions about the leadership of. Yeah, they were in turmoil with the coach. Yeah. Uh, nobody knew. You know, there was no foundation basically, and um, that that was very interesting. You know, situation to see that in that m- kind of macrocosm, uh, and how you know there's multiple people involved in that, but that's still an energetic body so to say a team is like just another body and everybody on the team the coaches and everybody affiliated is just organs or parts of that body so uh so seeing that congruent in a team was was very interesting i remember when we like discussed the um that hypothesis of how that fit in you know fit into that and they did wind up making a change at the end of the the year and it was one of their worst years they'd had in a long time completely discombobulated because there was no foundation, no trust. Of course, foundation is normally found in the legs. So that was very interesting that all, all those players was affected in that similar uh, area. So in the past, and because I think you you might want to mention this, you've talked about uh, the Germans looking at the whole uh, emotional and pain aspect or coming into the physical. Yeah, yeah when I was doing some studying a few years back with this uh, frequency-based um, laser machine that I was working with. Went through some tradings, and um, the way that Germany was looking at new medicine was that when uh, something happens in the physical body, like um, cancer, for example, they approach it like, wow, great, uh, this is on the, the final stage of the healing. You've done the, the healing and the releasing on all these other stages, and now it's in the physical, and um, this, is, this is a good sign. You know, and that's a whole lot of a different way to approach a patient than the way the West currently does with the fear, and we've got to take care of that right away and all the fear connected to it. Now, 
I'm not saying I agree 100% with uh, the way the, the new German medicine is approaching it, but I do feel like about 50% of the time that is the case, that uh, the physical body is the most dense, so it can be the the last stage of the healing, but um, things don't, doesn't always go in the same direction. Energy can flow, um, you know, forwards, backwards in many different directions, so so it's not always happening in that linear of a way through each level linearly like that for my perception. But but it was a, a beautiful concept when I got introduced to it, and it certainly affected the way that I started processing um, some of this information. And uh, I do think it's worth mentioning. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, it's definitely adding another perspective of looking at pain and what could be causing it. I can't stress enough to people of how much of pain is really connected to the energetic body and the emotions and the mental. It's uh, it's very challenging to to share verbally, but when you go through it, and this is why people that deal with fibromyalgia or or uh, these, uh, I mean, I used to say that meant in Western medicine we don't know what it is, but now they're actually saying that. Uh, they feel that it's connected to nerves and signals not, you know, connecting. And, of course, in the energetic world, this just means energetic blockages, uh, which makes very much sense. And so so I've gone through this type of excruciating pain myself and to see that the majority of pain is truly in the mind and how the mind is processing the emotions and the energy so I look forward to continuing to dissect that verbally as best as we can. But a large amount of pain is uh, caused by the mind. So in closing, this podcast has been about how to empty past emo- emotional baggage utilizing present situations. Let's get your opinion on why this is extremely important to do. Well, it's, you know, I think it's important to... Uh, reiterate that this whole podcast is really about working toward wellness on all levels. There are people that, um, you know, are going to challenge certain things with this because they're coming from a specific uh, point of view. Like um, if people happen to feel that there's a subject they feel strongly about, and I'm talking about working towards being neutral, um, every now and then I'll have somebody say that that's the problem with this culture that, you know, that we're too passive, we're too neutral. I hear all this stuff all the time. But once again, this is a focus on wellness. If you want to get all of the different levels of your being as well as possible, these are my suggestions. That's all. And and once you get all these different levels operating uh, optimally, then whatever cause you want to go get behind, you're just going to be more effective. So I wanted to reiterate that this is a philosophy a wellness-based philosophy based around frequencies and how music and math basically work um, in nature and in every stage. You know, moving forward, in order to see a different way of life and people talk about uh, whether it's a higher vibration or a more positive attitude through an actual practice rather than just a concept— or something's just going to happen one day, to actually see that, no, if you put forth effort, you change yourself. If you change yourself due to the laws of physics, everyone around you has to change or leave. 
It's it's a mathematical fact. So it gets down to if you want to help and love those optimally around you, you do this type of work and you change yourself and then you become the example. Then everything that you teach verbally carries more weight, carries more vibration, and it helps them. They understand it more to where now in our culture, typically we have a lot of talking going on with very little experience. Therefore, the children do not receive it. So I'll say that again. The parents are busy directing the children to do things that they don't currently do or have done themselves. So the children don't get it. And then the children get disciplined for that. Uh, It's very unfortunate. Um, It creates a lot of um, disrest in our youth. And, you know, it seems that the youth continually come in brighter and brighter. So it's getting more challenging for parents to just use sayings like, because I told you so. Why do I have to do that? Because I told you so. That's not just not an acceptable answer in these days and times for children. We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The information in this podcast has been developed over 20 years by Alexander in his observation of his personal life, private practice, and professional environments. This information is meant for educational purposes only and is not suggested as a replacement for traditional therapies or medications. As a matter of fact, we suggest to not believe any of this information, nor any of the information out there in the world. Remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. We are looking forward to continuing to provide this information through this platform, and if you are drawn to support us, you can do so by the following. Sharing is caring. Share the podcast with like-minded individuals. Emotional responsibility and energetic wisdom can save the world. If you are drawn to support us monetarily, you can do so by visiting our patron page where you can make a monthly donation in exchange for exclusive Wise Wise perks. You can do this by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Next, you can head over to Alexander's website where you can book private consultations in person, by phone, or on Skype. Find out more information on his live performances, class schedules, products, including birth chart analysis reports and music, and check out more information on his sound therapy tables. To do so, you can visit vibrotune.com, V-I-B-R-O-T-U-N-E.com. Finally, if you have been searching your entire life for consciously created apparel featuring the WiseWise logo apparel, Alexander themed clothing, or other alternative perspective designs, you can head over to Verity's Apparel, where you can find all that and more. That is veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. We want to thank you for being part of this journey.